With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Space Alarm Bay Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And this is our 39th official episode. Today we're talking about our top 10 senders list. I think this is one of the, the most positions where there's like so many ways you could go with mm-hmm. it. I know that my f- 6 to 10 was just impossible to yeah. do. And also like... I've, there was like a list of like four or five centers that I thought could get that 10 spot and they kind of got snubbed here. So I'm yeah. very curious to see what you have to, For sure. to see. This is, I mean, it's not really logical to start with centers instead of point guards, but we sort of chose this position because we think that it's most interesting. It's the most controversial. It's the one that we're going to differ yeah. on the most. Yeah. Whereas like point guard, I think after last season, there was sort of a clear like one, two, three, four, five, like I think centers, it's like a lot more, like yeah. even at the top, where you could sort of interchange a, a few guys. And overall, just our criteria is factoring in last year's stats and maybe even the year before, just who they are as a player, but more focusing on what they are as a player right now and what they're going to be for this upcoming season. Agreed? Yeah, it's 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 not so much like a prediction of like, yeah. like here's there, but it's like based on what we know from the past couple seasons, like from mostly from like what they were last season, how, how impactful and how good are they going to be this upcoming yes. season? And we're doing who is a center, just to avoid any confusion. We're doing who's a center by position based on basketball reference. So Anthony Davis counts as a center. Exactly. So even though Anthony Davis would call himself a power forward, his natural position might be a power forward, depending on who you ask. We're calling him a center for this video because he played the majority of his minutes. Yeah, he's a center. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, I think we should just start with number 10. Yeah, let's go. My number 10 is Yusuf Nurkic. I think. Oh, did you forget him? I didn't have you guys. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, yeah, my I didn't God, have him on my list. the disrespect. I the disrespect. He, I, before the episode, he's like, I feel like I'm gonna forget someone. Yeah, I and and Yusuf Vergas is kind of that guy. I also though don't feel super super bad for leaving him off the list just because he's gonna miss most of next season with that leg injury. So I don't feel. I don't. I can't say I feel really bad. I'm not sure I even would have put him on the list had I been thinking of him. Um, because just because of that injury, so that's why he didn't immediately come to mind. Is because he's gonna miss like the first half to a majority of yeah. the season. Could he in the playoffs come back and be super impactful for the Portland Trailblazers team? Definitely. And I, I don't. But, but the thing is, I don't think you can hold that against him. Like, oh, we haven't seen him in a while. No, that's true. Because I was looking up the stats today, and he played like like seventy one games, which is yeah more I mean, more than a good amount of the league. And I understand he got injured near the end of the year, but. That's still like not much less to go off of than the rest of the NBA. That's ten to fifteen less games, depending on how t- uh, how a team gets in the playoffs. So that's, with Yusuf Nurkic, I just think that like he had a breakout season last year. He got yeah. he got paid by the Trailblazers, and everyone was like, "Does he deserve this?" And to mm-hmm. me, as a Portland Trailblazers fan, I guess I think he is. Like he's getting paid like something like twenty twenty million dollars. I mean, they've a got year? one of the highest payrolls in the NBA. And <laughs> I, it kind of doesn't make sense why, but yeah, but, but and, that Yusuf Nurkic contract is not looking so bad. Yeah, I think that I was looking at the stats today. He averaged something. I don't have it in front of me, but he averaged something like 16 points per game and like 10 or 11 rebounds. Yeah, and that's just like as a third option on like a point guard heavy team, like that just stands out to me as like, man, I really want this guy on this team for sure. And talking about the guys below him, 
namely I'm, I, I guess I won't get into my guys I didn't get into yet but like on the list below him I'm like do I want Yusuf Nurkic on my team more than these other players and I'm like yeah, Probably, he, br- yeah. He, he brings more to the table yeah. offensively he's a pretty solid defender as well I think I think solid is the perfect word to describe him he just does yeah. everything pretty well and he's and pretty young too I'm yeah like very as a Blazers fan I'm very pumped to see like for a team that out. already has a clear one and two guy and CJ and Dame like or Dame and CJ I guess but I think that he's that perfect like third guy to put next to them, where like he does all the little things that they need him to do without taking up like without wanting too much of the spotlight. He's there and he's like cleans everything up for them. Okay, who's your ten? At number ten, I've got Clint Capella. Did not make my list. I did not even did not make my top twelve. Top twelve? No. Okay, I kind of understand why because at at face value, like Clint Capella, he plays a role on the Houston Rockets that. I think that kind of a lot of guys in this league could play. Just being exactly. that rim-running five that can catch an alley-oop from James Harden and dunk it and then, like, play really solid defense and get a lot of big boards, like, that's not so unique to Clint Capella. Like, Steven Adams almost made my list of the top ten. He didn't. Could Steven Adams go on to the, go on to the Houston Rockets and play a role that's not that different from what Clint Capella does, maybe even better than Clint Capella does? Probably. He's a better rebounder. But I have to give Clint Capella credit because the Rockets have stuck with Clint Capella. They've gone out and side guys like Kenneth Fareed in, in for agency that were like, okay, like this could work out because it, they, it's a pretty basic role and all they need is a rim running guy. But he's stayed solid and been really good in that role and he's really flourished and become, I would say, like, I, like I have him as a top 10 center because I think that he has embodied what they want in that role and played it okay, really, really but well. But here are my two arguments. Two arguments as to why Clint Capella's role really does like lower his grade in mm-hmm. a top 10 list to where I had him at like 13 or 14. Yeah. Below guys like Nurkic, uh, Lopez, Turner, uh, even Steven Adams probably. Because one... He got eliminated in that Warriors series in the second round of the NBA playoffs. I know, I understand, it's the Warriors, they do this with most centers in the league. But Clint Capella, like, just got exposed. He did not look like he should have been out on the floor Offensively there. or defensively? Defensively, defensively and, and offensively. He mm-hmm. just, like, was not a threat on offense. He was dropping, like, like single digits. Or he, even if it was double digits, it was just gonna give me buckets. But, like, on defense, he was getting picked apart. He, like, he he got ran off the floor. And Clint Capella's best trait is supposed to be the fact that he can switch on to other defenders and be a good team defender against a team like Golden State. And the other thing is that he's, like, his embodiment, all of his offensive game is just spoon-fed buckets. Yeah. And, and like, not that's, like, a, a narrative that you can play into. But, like, in terms of evidence, mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan became a first-team All-NBA player playing with Chris Paul. Yeah. Yeah, and look at him now. I understand he's older, but he's like a fringe starter. Mm-hmm. And before Chris Paul came to LA, he was kind of a nobody. Yeah, yeah. he was kind of a nobody. I, I understand what you're saying, but I also don't think like I am sort of sometimes a victim of this myself, where I'm like, oh, you know, like he's just a result of his system. Like I don't like Draymond Green as much as yeah. almost everybody else because I'm like Draymond Green gets too much credit because it's not so much him as like he's just been put in the absolute perfect situation for him. I think that Clint Capella is a little bit of the same way, but I also think that his impact for this Rockets team has been way too good to not have him as a top 10 center in the NBA. Because just hear me out, like, what you're saying is true. Give me buckets, like, that's his only offensive game. 
He's not gonna. He's, he's spoon, not gonna post you. Spoon fed. He's spoon fed. It's just the alley oops and like free freebie yeah, layups. Yeah, and most guys but, could do that. I think Kevon yes. Looney outplayed him in a in a series. I don't. That that's probably. I mean, I you can look at the numbers, bro. And I, watching that game, he got picked apart. I just think that looking back at the last couple of seasons, this Rockets team has won some of the most games out of anybody in the league. And when Clint Capella, Chris Paul and James Harden were on the court at the same time, this team basically did not lose. How much and of that could be Clint Capella? It, my point like, is... Who was but, their backup but in that I know, But the statistic wouldn't include Clint Capella if it wasn't, a part, if it wasn't partially Clint Capella. There were, there were games where it was just Chris Paul and James Harden, and they didn't win as many games. Okay, but maybe because, they just didn't have a good backup big. That's partially true, but at the same, like, like you're running like Nene, like Nene off the bench. Yeah. But at the same time, like Nene has been a pretty solid guy throughout his career. Now, obviously, he's aging, but like he doesn't play that role anywhere near as well as Clint Capella does. So you have to give Clint Capella some credit that not just anybody can fill that role. Like it still takes some talent and some level of athleticism and skill it to play that role. Still takes some talent, but I think that but like the rebounding, especially of on Nabs, the shooting of Brook Lopez are like significantly above that. And, I, and the defense of, like, even, like, a Jaron Jackson Jr. or a Jarrett Allen or just some other rim protector. But I think that you have to give Clint Capella just a lot, a lot of credit, a lot, a lot of credit because he's been holding down that Rockets team for the last few years, and the Rockets have stuck with him as their franchise center on a team that's been pushing deep into the playoffs. And for as much hate as James Harden gets for his defense— You've got to credit the fact this team isn't absolutely atrocious on defense, primarily to Clint Capella. Mm, I don't like, know. PJ Tucker, Tucker is like, PJ Tucker uh, is a good defender. He's too. a great defender. Yes, I mean he's. I would say he's, he's a great very defender. very switchable and and like unique in the way that he's like what like six five but can guard like four positions. But at the same time, the best defender on that team is probably Clint Capella, and he's the most impactful defender on the team because. Even if somebody burns James Harden, you've always got Clint Capella running full speed back to the basket in transition to about make a difference. I'm looking at guys that aren't on my list, mm-hmm. and like, I, like a lot of them are worse defenders than Clint Capella. Yeah, just like, I'm just saying, are like, worse defenders than Clint Capella. Are wor- oh, sorry, are better defenders than Clint Capella. Who on your who 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 didn't make your list is a better defender than Clint Capella? Jared Allen. Uh, I, Jared Allen's not a better defender than Clint Capella. He's not. What? Jared Allen blocks shots and he gets highlights, but he's not a better yes, defender he, than Clint he, Capella. Yes, he's an elite rim protector already. He is, an elite, he is an elite rim protector already, but you're projecting that he's going to be a better rim protector than he is right now. At this moment in time, Clint Capella is still a better rim protector than Jared Allen. That's is. so and, false. And he's, that's so false. And he's way more switchable. Jared Allen can't guard a single player in this league that's not a center. Not that's not a single player, but he is guarding only centers. Clint Capella is switching on, and he's tasked with guarding players in the pick and roll and Man, holding I'm, this Rockets team together on defense when they shouldn't be held together on I'm defense. I'm saying they're not Steven good enough. Stephen Adams for has better rebounding. Marcus All is a better on-ball defender. Jared yes. Allen's a better rim protector. Mitchell Robinson. Jared Allen's not a better rim protector. Jer- Wait, Jared Allen. Jared, Jared Allen is a better rim protector. He gets Jared Jackson Jr. is a, Jared is a better gets team more defender already. Blocks. No, Jared, no. no Wait, that's, who's a better team defender? Jared Jackson Jr. Not already. Yes, already. No, he's not, not on my already. list because I don't think like his offensive game and rim, run, rim running ability is even it's, there yet. You're, I well, I agree that Jarrett Allen, um, Jaron Jackson Jr., Montrezl Harrell, the guys that you've all listed, like they have defensive potential. They are not there yet. Clint Capella is a proven elite defender in this he's league. He's not an elite and defender. Talk- Where are you getting this from? 
How can you tell me that Clinkabella isn't an elite He's a defensive good center? Defender. He's a really good defender. Like, there are not many centers in this league who are better defenders than Clinkabella. No. That, that's like, like there's like uh, there's like a handful. A handful like, I, I would we'll say. get to it. There are not many guys above the above you in Clint Capella on this list that I would say are better defenders. Than okay, me. fine. Let's move on to number nine. Whether it's the system or not, Clint Capella is a great system for this rock or is a great defender for this Rockets team. And he's just a worse version of DeAndre Jordan on the Clippers and was spoon fed alleys from Chris Ball, which is why he got paid a lot of money. But so he's shot. a way better defender than De- DeAndre Jordan was. Okay, number nine. Marcus Saul. Miles turn. Marcus Saul's on your list. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was like, he, he he like he was in my pool of players, but I cut him out pretty quickly. The if we're talking about centers who are better defenders than Clint Capella, Marcus Saul's on that list. He's not as yeah. good of a rim protector, but there is on ball defense. almost nobody as a center that you would that is more valuable on the defensive end than Marcus Saul. I agree. Because when you get into the playoffs, when it gets into the nitty gritty games against other big Eastern Conference teams. Marcus Saul is the kind is the guy who's going to be guarding Giannis. He's going to be the guy who's guarding Joel Embiid. Like he guards the best centers in the in the league better than almost any. I'm looking at your list. Miles Turner was number eleven for you. Yes. So Marcus Saul didn't make my list, and my number nine, Miles Turner, didn't make your list. Yeah. I would argue that Miles Turner is a better defender than Marcus Saul. No way. No I, way. Clint Capella is. No, I, I was talking. Clint Capella is probably not a better defender than Miles Turner. Miles Turner probably should have been an all. I was talking about Marcus Saul. Miles Turner is not a better better defender than Marcus Saul. Miles Miles Turner, like the only reason he didn't make an all defensive first team last year was because he didn't make any all defensive team last year. Yeah. Okay. Fine. The reason he didn't make it any all defensive team last year was because of how all defense is structured, and you can only have four centers on the two teams. Like that's just objectively mm. true. You can ask anyone who's like an yeah. avid NBA fan. They he would have made an All mm. NBA uh, defensive team because it's like three front court players, but they're not going to take more than like two centers. Yeah, they're not going to yeah. take more than two centers. Yeah, that makes so sense. I, I'm saying that he, this past season, people were talking about him for a defensive player of the year candidate, and he didn't, and he got snubbed from those two teams. And I think that right now with Miles Turner at center, you're automatically a good defense. That's true. That's true. And I think that I think that's so valuable. And you pair that with just his offensive game where like he can shoot mid-rangers. Like his three ball has pr- has been inconsistent since he's entered the league, but like it shows potential, but we're not factoring that in right now. However, I still think he he can like space the floor to like mid-range so, yeah. at least. The I would say that just like the reason that I've got Clint Capella over him is that Clint Capella so far has had more like of a sustained sustained success and, and what like, about Mark proven like Marcus Saul, just honestly, I'm looking at last season and I'm thinking that like Marcus Saul, there was like almost no defender who is more important to their team. And Marcus Saul just came off a championship. He just won the um, the FIBA World Cup for Spain. There like, was no defender on that team that was more important than Marcus Saul. Not even was, Kawhi Leonard. I, no, I mean, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard is obviously more defend, important defender than Marcus Saul, but there was almost no defensive players in the league last year who were more important and like. Their, to their team's playoff run than Marcus always. The way that he guarded everybody in every round they played was just super, super impressive. It might not show up in the stat sheet. He's not going to be like stealing the ball, blocking shots, whatever. But just the way that he'll like plant himself in the paint and just make your life difficult, I think it's super, super valuable. And his offense, well, maybe it's not as consistent as other players. Like, I'm going to take Marcus Saul's offense over Miles Turner. 
Mm, that's cat, bro. <laughs> I, I do not think that is correct. I, I don't even maybe, know where to maybe, like, begin. Maybe this year, that's not going to be true. But right now, Marcus All has got a super solid post game. That, so that I think Miles Turner does too. A super solid post game, probably, but has he really shown it? Shown it? Not really, because his motor hasn't been there. I think that Marcus All is a proven guy who has been all defensive first team in the past. I, I'm pr- or all all NBA first team in the past. I'm pretty sure. Um, he, so we know that Marcus All still has that offensive ability, and especially on a on a raptors team this year that's going to have kyle lowry pascal siakam and no Kawhi leonard like he's probably going to be a third option on that raptors team and i do believe that the raptors are going to be the six seed in the east as we said in our last video go check it out um maybe two videos ago but i would just i would say that i would i feel more confident getting the ball to miles turner as a scorer than i would marcus all i think the only thing that marcus all could have is maybe more passing ability personally i yeah. didn't watch like the Raptors game for Mark Gasol's passing. I'm just going to so say really that, know, like, but. I think that every year of Miles Turner's career so far, it's been like, okay, the defense is there. Like, he blocks shots, but, like, when is he, he, should, be, he should be better okay. on offense than he is. I understand that. that he that should is be narrative. taking more shots than that he is. is. That is and I don't think that you have any doubt in your mind about what Mark Gasol is going to bring you. He might not be the most talented guy in the world, but he's just so solid and valuable to what the Raptors know, and he's just such a consistent that I think that he can be really important to what the Raptors do this year, and I think they're going to surprise a lot of people by still being really solid even without Kawhi. Okay. And so sticking with that theme of, like, the Raptors are going to be better than you think, I'm going to put Marcus Gasol at number nine over Miles Turner. Okay. Uh, I think I've mentioned my yeah. reasons in this debate. Uh, going on to number eight. Yeah. This was kind of the mid-tier for me. Okay. My, my mid-tier is, like, five through eight. I, I right. think there was a set of bottom guys. My eight is Nikola Vucevic. So where I've got Drummond, Andre Drummond. Interesting. I I have him higher. Okay. Um, I like Drummond a bit higher than this because I and I just something stands out to me about like his all time status of rebounding. Yeah, like, he's one of the just, best defenders in like, recent history. I don't know, like sure. that's just like awe inspiring to me. It definitely. So, like, it definitely. I'm not, definitely I'm not like is. this huge Drummond fan, but I, no. I'm like if I'm witnessing something that like if I'm giving you a guy that like will do like an all-time level of something i'm like man how can that not that how can that guy not be like top whatever and also like we've seen like he he has shown sign of passing in the past he's improved his free throws the only thing like i understand why you would have him at eight because he has like no offensive game besides yeah like dunking that's like the clink capella effect right like yeah i guess i guess i don't see like a little bit why if you're gonna talk so if you're gonna justify Clint Capella not being very high a lot based off of gimme buckets rebounding. then why can then how can rebounding like the Pistons like, yes like, he's an elite he, he makes, I mean I have single him, hand I have him two spots higher than Clint Capella because I think that his rebounding is so much better than Clint Capella's is even if Clint Capella's defense is a little bit better than his but the reason that I can't put Andre Drummond any higher is not only a little bit because of his offense but I can't look at you and tell you like that Andre Drummond is a top five or six center in the in the NBA when I don't even think the Pistons are going to make the playoffs this year. That's true. I switched, like, I just switched my list because I realized I was stupid for a second. Okay, so um, okay, yeah. but I <laughs> but <laughs> I, I still I like, still have Vucevic. At like eight. I just watching the Pistons in the playoffs this, last year, Blake Griffin looked like an absolute monster. Blake Griffin was doing everything for them, and Andre Drummond was sort of non-existent not totally not totally like he still played somewhat of a role but like at the end of the game he could barely even be on the court 
And it was sort of like, okay, he's getting rebounds, but like, what else is he doing? Blake Griffin is having to do everything against this Bucks team. Just, it, just like, even in a loss, he was doing everything. Yeah, I understand that. Like, like you should win one game if, if Blake Griffin is going off like that <laughs> and Andre Drummond is a top six center in the NBA. Like, yeah, you should I win agree. one game. And to be fair, I had him at six. I just moved him to seven because I realized I was stupid. Um, the reason I have him ahead of Vucevic is mainly, like, he's a pretty good defender, I would say, mm-hmm. whereas Vuce- Vucevic... I put him at eight, not because Drummond is, like, so much better, but just because Vucevic, especially in the playoffs, he just becomes, like, barely playable, even though he's an all-star yeah. caliber player. Like, yeah. His offense was phenomenal this year. The mat- And also, his defense, I would say, in the regular season, you can get away with it because the Magic were, like, a top-ten defense with him starting at center. Mm-hmm. However, I think that in the playoffs, like, he just becomes unplayable in the last, like, three minutes of the game because, like, he just gets dragged out in the pick-and-roll and gets broken down. And I, I see that, yeah. Like, just the lateral quick, just not there. And also, he doesn't yeah. really protect the rim that well. And I just think that, like, Drummond does that better. He can still do the basic things, like dunk the ball, Clint Capella effect. And I think that just rebounding at an all-time level, like, automatically making you a top-five t- rebounding team in the league, I, I just like that a bit better than Nikola Vucevic's offense. So that's my justification. I'm just I look at those two guys. I have Nikola Vucevic at number seven. So, so we basically have for seven and eight just flipped. Yes. Again, Andre Drummond, the Pistons like barely, barely made the playoffs this year. I think they were like seven seed. I might be wrong about that. They were that. eight seed. No. Because they played the Bucks in the first round. Yeah, you're right. So yeah. the so the so the 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 Pistons were the eight seed and the Magic were the seven seed. The Magic were the seven seed, yes. Yes. Okay. So like if the Magic are a better team then the Pistons, and you're comparing Nikola Vucevic and Andre Drummond, and Andre Drummond had a lot more help, I would argue, than I Nikola Vucevic. I would not argue just, that. Just based off of Blake Griffin alone. Where does Blake Griffin rank when healthy? I would argue, among the top. I, I would ten argue the reason. Like, I would argue the reason the Magic. He's definitely made the, top twenty. I would argue right the saying. reason the Magic made the playoffs was not because of Nikola Vucevic's offense, even though that helped. Mm-hmm. I would argue that it was because they were a top ten defense, and especially in the second half of the year. And he's still a part of that. Right, but I just think like Nikola Vucevic was the best player on that team that he, made it. To he the was playoffs. the worst defensive starter on and, that team, and Andre Drummond was the second best player on a team that was worse than Nikola Vucevic's team. Again, I'm just I'm just saying like the reason that they made the playoffs because they had a top ten defense, a top five defense. Okay, so are you defense. are you crediting like Jonathan Isaac for example for for like carrying them to the to the playoffs? Because no, I just Jonathan think, like, Isaac was a good defender. No, I'm just saying this team was like built pretty well. They didn't turn the ball over. They rebounded pretty well. And we okay. So I have argued in the past that I don't think the Pistons are built well. Like yes. my my like note for the Pistons in our like Easter Grinds video is like this team is so weird. They're like, not. I, don't I like think, it, however, but. I do think they are built better this year. Check out our last episode for that. Shout out to Derek Rose. Two episodes. <laughs> but um, but I. I uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just gotta go with Nikola Vucevic because I don't think okay. I know, I know where you're coming. I get where you're coming from from the from the rebounding standpoint. Andre Drummond's a fantastic rebounder, and like, but I, but if we're talking about offense, top five rebounder. I think, there's a, I think there's a huge gap between Andre Drummond and Nikola Vucevic offensively, just because yes. Nikola Vucevic, Vucevic can more do skilled. more than just score within two feet of the basket. And if we're talking about defensively, like, I put them at around the same level. All right. If we're talking three years ago, Andre Drummond might have been higher, but like, I don't think that his defense is as good as it once was. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I see that. So I had Vucevic at 8, Drummond at 7, 
and you had Drummond at eight and Vucevic at seven. Exactly. Number six, I feel like we have the same number six, Al Horford. Shout out to Al Horford. Yeah. Okay, so I originally had Drummond above him, and then you were talking, and I was like, wait, like, <laughs> Horford can play offense. Yeah. And is like, a, yeah. and is like an elite defender. Like what, like, what am I doing? And he can, like, pass the ball very well. So, yeah, like, just better offense than Drummond, better defense than Drummond on ball and off ball. The only thing, ironically, the only thing like he doesn't do is Drummond's strong suit, rebound. which is rebound, which yeah. he really can't do. If you look up Al Horford flinching from balls thrown at him, <laughs> so funny. Like a three-minute video will come up about a compilation of it of like that Al speaks- Horford on a free throw, <laughs> on a free throw, the ball falling like- in his lap, and he like <laughs> he's like jumping away from it. Yeah. So yeah. So that is it. That is obviously like. Those are standout moments of like a general truth, which is that Andre Drum or sorry, Al Horford's defense is or wow. Al Horford's rebounding is not all that good. Yes. Those are extreme examples of his rebounding not being that good. Yeah. But, but generally, if his you look at the numbers, it's like horrible for center. So that's holding him back maybe like one spot. And the but, reason why I think like off the top of my head that I put him lower than Drummond mm-hmm. was just because I really don't like his contract for the 76ers, and I don't like his fit for the 76ers. So that, that's How why... How can this, you discredit him for his contract? Yeah, no, no, no. That, that's why I changed it. But, like, I just... Okay, I yeah, just, that's in, why in, you... In my it, head, yeah, I had yeah. a negative intuition okay. about Al Horford because of those reasons. Now I kind of get the, the, like, weird fit on the Sixers. I agree with that. <laughs> but at the same time, his ability to, like, give Joel Embiid the rest... Because Joel Embiid, we all know, he has not played more than, like, 60 games at any well, point in his career. We're going to get to this issue... We are going. We're definitely going to issue. <laughs> We're going to get to this issue. So that so Al Horford is going to be playing some big tied minutes at the center position, in addition to the power forward position. But I think that it like the same things that I said about Marcus Saul being like he's always there, he's always consistent, he's just a solid defender. He brings you a little something on offense, and just that he can score from all three levels. I think you can kind of say the same thing about Al Horford, except like even more so because his yeah. defense is still is still really really good well like marcus all was incredible but another year another yeah. trailing off for marcus all potentially yeah al horford he's going to be very very important to the sixers run at prob- probably mm, probably not the one seed but like probably the two seed i would say in the eastern conference we did, this, the Bucks. We did yeah. this video two weeks ago he's going to be really important to a lot of their wins especially when joel Embiid is out because he's going to be that defensive anchor even when Joel Embiid is on the court, I would argue that Al Horford can be that defensive anchor, giving Joel Embiid like less of an opportunity to like hurt himself by going <laughs> flying across the court after yeah, a loose ball. As he does, but as you know, Joel Embiid things. Yeah, but I just love I just love everything that Al Horford brings. And and if you look at the stat sheet, if you're like kind of just like a casual like I'm gonna look at yeah. Basketball Reference and not actually watch the games, you would not know that Al. Al Horford is as good as he is. Yeah. But like when you really sit down and like and like appreciate Al Horford, he's better than everybody that we've got below him, and we can both yeah. agree on that. Yeah. All right, going on to number five. I feel like we say, yeah, we do. Uh Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. As you were talking, I was like, hmm, why do I have Rudy Gobert above Al Horford if Al Horford actually has an offensive game and Rudy doesn't? No because the, because Rudy Gobert can single-handedly make a team the best defense in the league, as he has proven the last three-ish years. I would yeah, say. I like agree. Rudy Gobert, realistically, could be the defensive player of the year every single year, if there was no such thing as voter fatigue. I met him in person this summer, and like 
the man is huge. <laughs> like, like, like he looks I, like if like giants just like were a thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, the I, best way I can describe I, it. I, I'm sure that in the, in that moment you can understand why driving at Rudy Gobert, any NBA yeah. player would probably be pretty terrified. Yeah, I'm like so Russell Westbrook. I understand why you shot poorly. Just those <laughs> arms, like that, those arms, that length, like you kind of get like okay, yeah. he's a. He's just gonna block a lot of shots, and even yeah. when he doesn't, he's gonna be an intimidator. Honestly, he grows you, every year, like not like physically, but like as, just as a defender yeah. and like learning how to like come from the weak side more and mm-hmm. more. And I just think that like it's gotten to the point where I think his blocks are like, even if he's becoming a better blocker, his blocking numbers aren't going to increase because people literally drive at him less. Yeah, like, no. They, there, there was a stat in the OKC series that was like. Russell Westbrook and Paul George, especially Russell Westbrook, just stopped going to the rim as much. Yeah. By like twenty something percent, mm-hmm. because like you ha- you have to think it's because of Rudy Gobert, and they're just scared. They're just like by not having, the smartest play. Just by having Rudy Gobert on the court, every defender, every player on your team will look like a solid defender because people are scared to drive past Donovan Mitchell, not because Donovan Mitchell is the lead defender, but because he's got Rudy Gobert staying behind him. Yeah. People are scared to attack Joe Ingles, not because he's like this elite perimeter defender because he's got Rudy Gobert behind him. So that those guys like Joe Ingles can go out and create havoc out of yeah. the perimeter and get up all on your grill, and you're scared to go behind him and scared to take advantage of that because Rudy Gobert is Dude, sitting in the paint. Utah is going to be like a phenomenal defensive team this year. Oh, it's gonna I'm be, so excited. It's going to be so beautiful. That, With you, the addition but, of Mike Conley. Going back to what I was saying earlier. Yeah, when you were talking about Horford, I was like, okay, what does Rudy Gobert bring on the offensive end? Dunks. Not much. He, he led Not the. Much. He, I'm pretty sure he set the all-time record for most dunks in a season this year. Really? Yeah. Did but not know that. I don't know if that's like really a skill of his, or is it just like a situation? But, right place, the right time. Yeah. I guess. But. but I'm saying like, okay, Horford can shoot the three, arguably, mm-hmm. mid-range definitely. Yeah. He can go off the dribble in a motion offense and like set like, uh, set like definitely uh, dri- dribble handoffs, and he has a good passing ability. None of what I just said in the past 20 seconds can be said about Rudy Gobert. That's kind of true, and I, I think that just. But I, I think that I think the difference that and also, the thing that sets Rudy Gobert apart is it, okay. partially Rudy Gobert is a better rebounder than Al Horford, but even more so, you talk about the defensive impact of Marcus Saul and Al Horford. For the most part, that's being a one-on-one, like on-ball defender. They're definitely going to have some impact as your defensive anchor. But they don't have that. You can't say this about any other player in the league. When you have Rudy Gobert behind you, like your defense just skyrockets. Like there's, there's. Yeah, I understand. Art, it skyrockets. I don't know. I don't My know. only thing is like Al Horford's also an elite defender. He is, but it's not the same situation where Rudy Gobert can basically guard all five players on the court at once just by standing in the paint. But Al Horford can literally switch on to, I would say, four positions. Yes. So I feel like but, that, that's almost analogous. But but Al Horford is Al Horford, Marcus Saul are guarding one player at a time, right? So with Marcus Saul or Al Horford on your team, you're not going to be the best defensive the, the best defensive team in the league just by having them, because they're not going to come across from the weak side like you said and swat someone's shot, or more importantly, they're not going to put the fear of that into an offensive player's mind. Rudy Gobert just by being out on the court is going to make you just an elite elite defensive team and I'm not I can't name a single other player 
in, in NBA history that to the same extent as that does that to the same extent that's as Rudy insane. Gobert. I would have to think about that more. Like but. maybe like Dikembe Mutombo or something. That's just yeah. a guy off the top of my head. Like or Mark Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah, Hakeem Olajuwon. I haven't I haven't watched any of those guys live, but Rudy Gobert is is definitely of that same tier and caliber in terms of defensive impact. Yeah. Okay. And, and you can't helpful. say you can't say that about any other setter in the league right now, or probably in the last fifteen years. Yeah. I, I agree. I have Rudy at five. I have Horford at, at a very close six, though. Okay, going on to number four, we have, like... Okay, this was our idea to... to uh, this this sort of <laughs> debate is what, like, inspired us to pick the centers... To, to pick the centers to the top ten. Yeah. Because, like, two days ago, I was like, hmm, what should we record? We could do a player debate. I kind of think that Carl Anthony Towns is better than Nikola Jokic. And, and this, I just, I looked at you like, oh. th- This man, like, hit me. <laughs> like, okay. So. That, I was, I was blindsided by your level yeah. of craziness. Okay, so, uh, like, But I'm, you seem to have had a change of heart a little bit. Okay, yeah, like, before that episode, I'm talking. I have, okay, I have Cat at four. Yeah. I have, like. So do I. I have him in barely at four. Okay. I have him, like, slightly below Jokic. Like, slightly. I don't even have Jokic at three. You've, you I have Jokic at two, and we'll get I, to I that. I think I knew this. Yes, we'll get to that. But Jokic, I have at okay. two, and and I don't even I don't think Jokic versus Carl. Yeah, we're about to see fireworks, bro. We're about to see fireworks. I I think the player Jokic versus the player I have at three is pretty close. Just say Joel Embiid. We all know the it's Joel Embiid and, and Joel Embiid. I think Jokic okay. versus Joel Embiid is going to be close, okay. and we will argue that too. But Carl Anthony Towns versus Jokic, I feel like you're going like, to you're, you're going to repeat like your arguments for Jokic. So I feel like. I'm just going to lay out okay. what I have for Carl Anthony why, Towns. Why is Carl Anthony Towns close to Jokic? Because he's going to lead the league in scoring this year. Ugh. Maybe he'll be second or third. That, that's that's my main justification. I'm like, Carl Anthony Towns could legitimately drop 29 points per game Are this year. Are we sure that Giannis isn't going to do that? Okay, I, okay, I, I keep I'll, hearing I'll, that like people like, okay, like James Harden's <laughs> not going to lead this league in scoring this year because Russell Westbrook's on his team. Like, And Anthony Davis isn't going to be, like, Anthony Davis was super high last year. Um, because like because LeBron's on his team, Paul George isn't going to do it because he's playing with Kawhi Leonard. I I think you guys are forgetting about Giannis. Like he might not win MVP again. That he could average thirty. I wouldn't put it past he him. He could. I, I'm. I think Carl Anthony Towns. This is like something that I think is just an axiom. It's going to happen. An axiom. Okay. It, throw back. <laughs> throw back to math class. <laughs> Geometry is, is Carl Anthony Towns is going to be top five in scoring. Top five in scoring, okay, I can yes. respect that. He's number yes. one. I I would disagree with you, but I also wouldn't I, say it's. I would totally also say out of the difference between fifth in scoring and third in scoring is usually like a point and a half, okay, or, or two points. So I would say he's going to be a top five scorer, and he like there is literally no hole in his offensive game. That's true. Like, d- just nothing. No, like hole. literally nothing. You could argue that he's not a great passer, but he's also I, not a bad passer. I would just say like, right, just pause right there. Is the same thing not true about Jokic? I would say, like, his, his level of scoring is not as good. And you're going to go and bring up the 25 points per game in the playoffs. That, I, that's you're, part you, of You're it. about to do that. I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't actually going to say that. I was going to say just more so it's like, but Jokic does a lot offensively that's, that's more than just scoring. Like, you don't, Carl, you don't see Carl Anthony Towns running an offense and averaging 7.5 assists. You see Carnley Towns getting on the low block, basically every possession he's no. touching the ball, and then putting it up in the basket. He's, he's not always on the low block. I, I'm, okay. I'm you can score for everyone on the court. So yes. no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I, I was, but yeah, there's there's literally nothing he can't do on the offensive end. He he is like one of the best handles for a ball for a big man. Jokic, Jokic is, better. is better. 
He's one passing. Jokic is exponentially better. Yes, because I, I, he's probably the best passing big man of all time. Honestly, and I agree with that. I'm yeah. just saying, Carl Anthony Towns already is so, one of the best scoring big men of so, all time. So 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 talented. Everything that he had, he needs in his toolbox is there. But Carl Anthony Towns has yet to show me. And you could say the same thing about Jimmy Butler. Horrible situation. See, Carl Anthony Towns has yet to show me that he can go out there and just score at will. No, Jokic has not done the same thing either. Like, I, like I'm not gonna say that Jokic, but, but you're gonna say you're gonna say okay, Carlton Towns has no holes in his offensive game. I would argue he averaged one, like 25 last I, year. He did. That's not the same thing as averaging 30. You, you can't tell me that not being not having the just like Kobe mentality. Jokic has of just none like, of that. Jokic has none of that. He that's does. The, that's the biggest he does. And I understand. And I agree. With that's that. not his strong suit. So, so I'm being a little bit hypocritical by saying. Like, Jokic doesn't have this, but, like, why? But you can't are, have Carl and because he doesn't have this. Are you stupid and a part of the party that, like, thinks that that one series with the Rockets, Carl Anthony Towns was, like, soft? And, well, the, and I, like, hold that against him? Because that's that is, so dumb. That is that's, true, that's but horrible. that's also not... That's also not, that's a small sample size. You can't it, call it, it It's a small sample size against one of the best offenses. I just think that Carl Anthony Towns has very little sample size to show me that he is going to lead the league in scoring next year. Man can just, I think I, my man can score I agree with you. I agree he, with he you. Averaged, I agree with he, you. He averaged that. 25 as a second option. He was oh, not a second No, option. yes, he was, because Tom Thibodeau has, like, sentimental value on Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I, but Jimmy Butler was... I'm, he was there for I'm half the year. I'm pretty sure not taking more shots than, per game than, than Carl Anthony Towns. I, I would have up. to go like, I, I think... I think uh, uh, Calling Carl Anthony Towns the second option at any point since he was drafted seems a little bit crazy. But maybe like one year where Wiggins was like averaging twenty three, but okay, or or fine, he's like tied for the first option, yeah, and maybe, and okay. he's averaging twenty five. But also, like Butler was there for like what a year. half to a two thirds of the season yes. last season, like yes. so twenty five, like his numbers probably went up after after Butler left. But at the same time, I agree with you that he has no holes in the talent. The talent is. The talent 100% is there. there. The skill is there. The skill is there. For people to already be calling him one of the best scoring big men of all time, I think is just a, it's just a little bit of a stretch because he should be. He should already be one of the best scoring big men of all time because he can. He was the best three point shooting player on the on the Timberwolves last year. He's already arguably the best post player, like post you up, back you down, and score on your face. Joel Embiid. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm it. thinking. Maybe Anthony Davis in the league. He's knocked down for mid. He just does it all offensively. We agree on that. But I don't think that I see him use all the tools that are in his arsenal enough. That's the problem I have. Him is if if you're going to make an argument that that Carlton Towns is a top three center in the NBA right now, he better be doing everything he possibly can on the offensive end, like all the time because his his rebounding defense passing it's not all there it's all just the offense it's all solid but to be a top three player in the in the nba you either have to be good at every not top three center in the nba you either have to be good at everything or like like excellent at one thing and like think, solid at everything else he's and he's excellent his I, he's, he's excellent his talent, just like his talent his is excellent has the ball. his he, talent is excellent his talent is excellent is his mindset excellent no yes his mindset is not excellent it's better than Jokic's. no i yes, don't agree is. with that yes it is because Jokic's mindset could because i think that how can you argue with me though 
that Jokic's mindset his, okay. is flawed when they're the second best team in the Western Conference last year. So, when they won, I, when I they understand. won more games than any team except for the Warriors, who were arguably the most stacked team, the best team of all time. Because Jokic, Jokic's mindset is what led them to that team, he to the, to those no, wins. Not. Because he is, no, it's not. He was a phenomenal player. The system mm-hmm. was built great around him. Yes, yes, yes. And he, but at he the same dish- time. He is by far the best player on that team. He has the ball in his hands more than anybody else on that team. So whatever decisions he is making are what are leading them to over 60 wins. I don't know. And that's that. I don't know. Like That's that. Carl Lee Towns, you can't say the same thing because Carl Lee Towns. He averaged 20 points per game. What what, what, what see were the the Timberwolves last year? Bro, you cannot pull this out <laughs> what's on he, me. What's he for the Timberwolves last year? I'm, I'm just serious. I'm just, dude, read the read the feed. The depth read the chart. Like, feed. Okay, like, like read read their roster and read their feed with Jimmy Butler. <laughs> <laughs> read, read their feed with but Jimmy Butler. But at the same bro. time, like, okay, what's see where they actually like? They like, made like, the playoffs. No, right? they didn't. Okay, so they, that's even worse. <laughs> dude, how do you not know that? <laughs> okay, uh, this was too long ago, dude. <laughs> it was like ten. <laughs> they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? They didn't make the playoffs, and you're calling Carlton Towns a top three center in the NBA. Yes. Dude, it's not his fault, bro. His his coach got fired midseason. His his second yes, best yeah, player yeah, and primary yeah, shot yeah. taker got traded midseason. If Carlton Towns is a top three center in the NBA, and you're calling him one of the best scoring big men of all time already... His team should have at least made the playoffs. And I, I, that, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to argue I, that. No, I, that's so flawed. We, we were talking earlier was, about Devin okay. Booker. You think What's, that Devin, it's Devin Booker's fault that he didn't make the playoffs? It is a little playoffs. bit. It it's, is a little bit. It's, it's definitely it's, not a lot of it. it. It's not like you can't put it all on Carl Lee Towns because Carl Lee Towns has a lot more excuses for why he's not winning than Jokic does. That is just a fact. Yes. That is just a fact. Yes, that's my point. But at the same time, like, Carl Lee Towns I, I, is. Obviously the best player in the team. So he better start playing like it and start leading them to some wins. He's been playing like it. <laughs> dude, he, I don't know. Dude, for the past like three years, he's been averaging like anywhere from like 24 to 26 and 12 rebounds a game. That's another thing. Carl Anthony Towns, top, I don't know, seven rebounder in the league. The, the okay. man gets boards on the offensive end and on the defensive end and that just like creates more possession for your team that contributes to why he's a better defender than Jokic as well because that's another thing I was going to talk about I know it's not the biggest difference in the world but Jokic can get eaten alive in the pick and roll whereas Carl Anthony Towns I don't know I would would argue that he's just like a solid to maybe slightly above average defender yeah yeah but but at the same time I think that Jokic's defense at times is actually underrated because He's give, he's received a lot of slander previously about like okay like he can pass but he can't play defense and he can't score so like what like that was the that was the narrative like two years ago. But I think at this point like Jokic's defense is solid enough where he's not like a total net negative on the defensive end like he once was. Like, would you be better off having Call basically any other center on that list on your as your defensive guy? Like, probably, I would say probably, probably or maybe Vucevic. Yeah, pro- yeah, I that's probably I probably agree with that, but at the same time, like compared to your average center in the NBA, I don't mind having Jokic as as my as my five. When you got Paul Millsap next to him, like that's not the worst thing in the world. On the defensive end, I mean, it's, it's the gap it's, between it's, it's the, unideal. again going back to Rudy Gobert. The gap between Rudy Gobert and and um and Jokic is gigantic on the defensive end. Yeah, 
Clearly. But, like, so is the is the gap between Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. Like, Carl Anthony Towns is just probably a smidge better than Jokic defensively, but I don't think it's going to make enough of a difference for it to be, like, the difference of a, of a series, for example. Like, Carl Anthony Towns... Carl Anthony Towns hasn't... Like, you're talking about Jokic being eaten alive in the pick and roll in the playoffs. Like, Carl Anthony Towns hasn't been in the playoffs. So, like, how do we know how he's going to re- respond to, like, the Golden State Warriors pick and roll against... No, him? I'm saying, no. The argument that I thought you were going to make is that Jokic played well in the playoffs. He, he did play well he, in the playoffs. He scored more in the Offensively, playoffs. Offensively, Jokic was incredible in the playoffs. But that's an that's almost an overused argument. 25-10-8 like, in the playoffs. Like, that is the pl- kind of Jokic that... That is the kind of player that Jokic can be and the kind of level that he can play at to win games. But he but doesn't, at the same he doesn't time, enact that in the regular season. Yes, and you're saying but, the same thing about Carl Anthony Towns, but that's just not true. But the this, thing is, I don't know how you can argue that Jokic's mindset is flawed based on how good the Nuggets are. So what I would say is, until the Nuggets start losing games, and it's an obvious problem that Jokic has got to start doing more, and if he doesn't step up in that moment, if he continues to average 20 points when the Nuggets are losing games, then come back and talk to me about how Jokic needs to step up, and that's his mindset is flawed. Because right now... Do you want Carl Anthony Towns to score more or less? Do you want him to average like twenty? I want Carl Anthony Towns to take over games and lead the Timberwolves to this some wins. This is a guy that averaged twenty five point one points per game Carl- in his second season. Nikola Jokic not, doesn't need to, to go get Nikola Jokic doesn't need to be scoring to lead his team to wins and to impact the game offensively. I understand. So Nikola Jokic what, is. Do- I don't care. So far in his career, Nikola Jokic has been way more impactful to his team's offense than Carl Anthony Towns is because his team's offense is one of the best offenses in the league. And you can't say that about Carl Anthony Towns. He's just not there yet. I'm just saying, who would I rather have as an offensive player? I think maybe the edge goes to Jokic. Okay. I think maybe the edge goes to Jokic. Carl Anthony Towns, slightly better it, I would say I, it's not even a doubt in my mind who I'd rather have. Because no, you're running your offense through Jokic, and he has proven at this point in his career and going into this season that when you run the offense through him, you're going to win games. You're going to be one of the best teams in the Western Conference, which all anybody I, I, talks I, about I is just, how stacked it is. I just I can't refuse. I can't like ag- not acknowledge the fact that Carl Anthony Towns had a shit team around him last year. It was it yes, was just okay, not, it was but, a, it was a, it was a bad situation. So you seem to be arguing that Carl Anthony Towns over Jokic. Do you not think no, that? No, no, or no. You... no I, I'm saying I, I have Jokic by like five percent. So do you not? Do you not like? So I'm, then, I'm just, do, so then I'm, do you I'm agree with Carl, me? I'm do you agree Carl with me that you have to look at how how many games, how many damn games that the that the yeah, that the Nuggets are winning that, to like that, that contributed to why I have Jokic at number three. I'm you defending Carl Anthony Towns and why they're like very close, and that's my opinion. Minnesota. You can't look at the Timberwolves record last year, which I'm trying to find right now. And say that and say that Carly Towns is more impactful offensively than Jimmy Jokic Butler is. set the league Net on positive. fire with rumors. He wanted out. They wouldn't trade him. They got yeah. they got they got rid of their uh, number two best player. They got rid of like their shot creator and their guy that the coach loves. By the way, Thibodeau also got fired. Uh, yeah. 36 and 46 was the Timberwolves record last year. Okay. They only won 36 here's games my, with the top my, three center in the NBA leading their here's offense. My here's my point. You get rid of Jimmy Butler. Uh, you get rid of Jimmy Butler. Who do you get back? Dario Saric, who once he got there, sucked. And Robert Covington, who missed the rest of the season with injury. You you gave away your second best player for nothing. But you're That's saying gonna- that that second best player was the reason that Carl Towns sucked last year. Yes. 
So okay, so so Carlton Town sucked because Jimmy Butler was he on the roster. Okay, first okay. of all, he did not suck. I'm he wasn't he had a as phenomenal good. He season. wasn't as. You're saying that Carlton Towns would have been better if Jimmy Butler wasn't on I'm, the roster. I'm saying last he would have scored more and points. Then, and then you're saying that, well, once they traded Jimmy Butler away, well, then the team sucked. Yeah, so the team sucked at both times. Like, okay, so, so what? Because they didn't get anything back for him. Like, he, obviously, like, it, so no, which are, was the, a, are the so Timberwolves which, better or worse than Jimmy Butler? At what better? point? I'm at saying, what is point Carl point? Anthony Towns as a player? Is he scoring more points with Jimmy Butler? Hell no. Of course. At what point? Just, at what point was the better? That. Was the team roster better for Carl Anthony Towns before what, the Jimmy Butler trade? Okay, what, what, what do you mean by for Carl Anthony Towns? At what point? By his numbers. What? When should the Timberwolves have been winning more games before the season? Or before, before the when they had Jimmy Butler, when will Carl Anthony Towns have been a more impactful offensive player? Have proven that he was a better center than Nikola Jokic on the second half of the season. That's that's fair. He's getting more opportunities, and in the first half of the season, they had a they more talented more roster. That's fair. I understand. I do have Jokic at three. I, I've been arguing that Carl Anthony Towns is slightly below him. I think. I'm very. I just don't even think it's that close. I just like. Okay. I. I just don't think. I just don't think that the numbers show how great Jokic is because all you have to look at is how good the Nuggets are. Because you can't tell me that any. Who on that roster is leading that? Who outside on that roster outside of, like, you look at that roster, they should not be at the top of the Western Conference when you've got teams like the Clippers, the Lakers. That'll be the narrative this year for MVP. Why should? Like, there is no reason that the that the Nuggets should be the second best team in the Western Conference. There's absolutely no reason. And then you look at Jokic, and he exists, and all of a sudden they're freaking sick. And like, <laughs> that's why, that's why Nikola Jokic is the is the second best center in the NBA. Okay, going on. And that's why he's gonna be MVP. This I season. have Jokic at three. You have Joel Embiid at three. Yeah. I could I keep going forever, dude. <laughs> no, Nikola okay, Jokic okay. is better than Joel Embiid. <laughs> no, he's not. Okay. And he's gonna be better than Joel Embiid next season because Joel Embiid has never played more than sixty games in that, his career. You, you can't like justify that as to who's a better player. You cannot. We're talking about top ten centers, who's a better player, Joel okay, Embiid or Nikola Jokic. But at but based on our, our criteria heading into this, we said Part of it is what they've shown in the past. Part of it is what we expect for next what season. What they've shown as who a player. Who is going to be... Yeah. So what they've shown is, as a so player. So who is going to be better for next season? Nikola Jokic, hands down. Because Joel Embiid is not going to even play more than 65 that, that isn't games. That isn't a factor. That, that is a factor. definitely a factor. No, it's not a factor. Because, because Nikola Jokic... who they are as that a player. Is, that is a thousand percent a factor because... A big part of who you are as a, as a player is the fact whether you're injury prone or not. If you can stay on the court or not. No, so you're gonna tell it, me that Greg Oden is a top ten center in the NBA, and he's that he he's only like you can't factor in the fact that Greg Oden had like knee injuries. Well, like th- that's such like a chair. That's such like a bad example because it doesn't talk about when we're talking about players all time we're talking about their careers when we're talking about in this discussion right now we're talking about last season and who they are as a and player last season and a this big season. part of big part of last season but and the season before and the season before those, that but those, is the fact that Joel Embiid did not play as many but those games injuries did not did. affect him when he was playing and we're talking about who okay. they are as a player if Joel but Embiid every time he got out there he was grabbing his, literally was grabbing literally everybody that makes an argument for Nicole Jokic over Joel Embiid will list a fa- the fact that Joel Embiid isn't playing yeah, enough and, games but there, and there's Nobody argues, about who would you rather? And nobody, who would you rather like have for a season? And that's part of this. No, it's not. It's who's who's a, who's going to be a who's better a better player? player? Jo- yeah. Nicole Jokic is yeah. a better player, okay. and part of it is that Joel Embiid doesn't play enough games. No, it's jo- not. Yes, it Dude, is. Yeah. Health is a part of how good of a player you are. No, it's not. If health understand. wasn't a part of how good of a player you are, wouldn't Yao Ming be higher than like 
whoever on like the no, all-time be, centers list because that's that's looking back at a career there's but, a difference pa- but part of your career and part of how good you are right now is your health if you can't stay on the court that's, you are not as good as somebody who is just as good and playing more games we're talking about a player who they are on court I might, I might actually agree that Joel Embiid was better than Nikola Jokic when they were on the court at the same time. I don't think I would. I would say that they're probably almost even. But one thing, part of the thing that Nikola Jokic that sets Nikola Jokic apart is that he plays. You're, you're buying into that a he narrative. plays like twenty percent more games than, than you're, Joel you're, Embiid. You're received. buying into a narrative that it's like you. I would rather have uh, Nikola Jokic on. My I would team rather have Nikola Jokic than Joel Embiid. You're buying. I also the, think you're, that you're Nikola buying Jokic into. I'm not buying into a narrative. It's just the truth. You're be it part of how good you are is how healthy you can no, stay. I, I know. We we watch the same things. People say that I would rather have Jokic because he plays more. That they're talking about who would you rather have on your team? We're but talking when people, about a player. When people, when who, people how are good ranking, they are at playing. When people are ranking top ten centers in the NBA, everybody who argues that Jokic is over Joel Embiid is gonna say that Joel Embiid is playing enough games. Why is Nurkic on my list? If he's not, gonna I don't know. Year. I don't have Nurkic on my list. When I said when I said Nurkic, you were like, oh shoot. Because part of it is that when Nurkic comes back next season, he is going to be playing like a top 10 center in the NBA. The reason that I still don't have him on there is because part of how good you are is your health. I'm ranking these guys based off of a lot of it is how impactful they're going to be to a winning atmosphere of a team. Nobody on this list, than arguably Anthony Davis, who's my number one guy, and mine, is going to be more impactful to a winning atmosphere of a team than Nikola Jokic. I might... I, I, that's just not true. Joel, in, in, how is that not true? Defense and post play. Those are my two answers. First, defense. But, but if Joel you only Embiid, play, but if you only play better defense and better post play for sixty games, that's a big part of the season, dude. You're missing twenty two games. It's not who he is as a. That's player. That's a quarter of the season. That's not how well he plays. That's not how well he plays. That doesn't factor into how well he plays when he's on the court. But a big part of how good you are is whether you're on able to stay on the court or Connor, not. Connor, if you were arguing that because of his health he wears down in the playoffs, I would say, hey, that affects his on court play. That's, I'm just that's saying a, that's look, an argument. I'm just saying that when we're talking about what players have proven so far and what we're expecting them to be next year in terms of their impact for their team and their impact on the league and how good they're going to be. Nikola Jokic has proven so far that he'll play 80 games per season at an incredibly high level where he is an incredible, incredible offensive player. Joel Embiid has proven that he is an incredible, incredible player on offense, in the post, on defense, all of it, but only for a three quarters of the season that's what he's shown so far and that is most likely almost definitely going to be the case this season because the Sixers aren't going to play Joel Embiid more than 70 games per season at any point in his career because of injury concerns because of lasting injury concerns and that factors into how good a player is because even though even if Joel Embiid were better when he was on the court part of it is that he's not always going to be on the court okay in my opinion that's a non-argument However, I'm just can, I'm curious. I'm how curious can you discredit the, for what, the, for I, would what say, I keep saying? I would say the defining aspect of Joel Embiid's career will be his health problem. It is, but we're not talking about his career. I keep saying that. You keep talking. Like how how can you separate career in right now? Because we're factoring in your career so far. This is just at the like one fifth point of his career or whatever, like that, something like that, right? It's just his career up to date. You, would you agree with me that we're factoring in what they... You said at the beginning of this episode that we're factoring in what they've done the last couple of seasons what they've and what done we expect on them court. to do. So it's what they've done so far in their career and what we expect them to do for the next season on, of on their On court career. as a player. 
we're ranking. But this is a top ten centers. You can't. Top 10 you can't talk, list. You can't discuss players without discussing every part of them. Every if part. It, if it every, doesn't talk about part, their part of ability, being part of their part of Joel Embiid's on court ability is the fact that he's not always on the court. If that's some, just the truth. If someone serves, if someone gets suspended for if 15 Joel, games, if, are you going to factor Nikola that Jokic, into your top if ten Nikola list? Jokic, if Nikola Jokic were saying, uh, were like playing thirty minutes per game because he was overweight and like slow which was like at one point in his game in his career true now he can play like close like he played a, like triple quadruple overtime game and he played like the last 44 minutes straight but if that were so the case then you would make the argument okay well Nicole Jokic doesn't play as many minutes as Joel Embiid therefore his impact can't be as great because he can't stay on the court I'm just saying that Joel Embiid is going to play a lot fewer total minutes, a lot fewer total points, a lot fewer total assists, all of it, than Nikola Jokic, because Nikola Jokic is going to play from day one to day or to game eighty-two of the season. I, and I, that's I just—I guess, guess we're just disagreeing on, like, fundamentally on this point. Yeah, I, but I'm just but saying. How that, can you? Like, but how can you disagree with the fact that health is part of someone's uh, game? Okay, like uh, part, part, like the like, health. Like, the health. Why, 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 why do you? Why do you care about the health? Do you care about as, in terms of minutes? Do you care about in terms of missed time? I'm just saying that my criteria for this whole thing is going to is going to be and has been how impactful is this guy on his team's winning ability to be a top to be the number 1 guy like I picked Anthony Davis to be the number 1 guy because I think going into the playoffs I can see the Lakers winning the championship next season and then in that case Anthony Davis will be more impactful than any of the nine guys that I have below him because he led his team to a championship that's the impact. Nikola Jokic is going to be one of the most impactful players in the league next year because I believe that he is going to be the MVP or at least an MVP candidate because his team is going to be a top three seed. I said the second seed in the Western Conference. And they're going to make it deep in the playoffs. They're going to be just winning a lot of games with Nikola Jokic doing almost everything on offense. Not doing almost everything, but running almost everything through him. Joel Embiid... Well, I, a lot of what the Sixers do rotates around Joel Embiid, but okay, I'm saying. But if only, but if that doesn't include a large chunk of the season, then like his impact isn't fully there. His impact is missing for a large chunk of the season. Then his impact okay, can't okay, be. Okay, let great. me ask you this: Besides health, do you have an argument for Jokic over Embiid? Yes, Can which is that at at any given to- I, I, at any given point in the game. On the offensive end, I'm taking Jokic over Joel Embiid 10 times out of 10. Because I think that you can give it to Jokic in the post, and he can get you a bucket. Almost over almost over, over almost anybody in the league. There are very few guys that I, I would say that Nikola Jokic doesn't have the ability to go through and put the ball in the basket. Going back to that playoffs thing, he averaged 25 points per game in a playoff series. He has shown that when he needs to, to win games, he can put the ball in the basket at a higher rate than he does in the regular season. So I think that offensively, you can't argue that, like, he also, like... I have so much to say right now. I, okay, uh, so... If everything that he that the that the second best team in the Western Conference does runs through him offensively, every pass, every movement, it's all just based off of Nikola Jokic. It's all built around Nikola Jokic. That entire system was built perfectly around Nikola Jokic because Nikola Jokic is such a great offensive weapon. That can't be said about 
about Joel Embiid because he has more holes in his offensive game. He doesn't think, fit with Ben think, Simmons, and so like it's not as easy to create a contender I feel around like you're him. Favor, you're favoring Nikola Jokic in this cat in this Embiid argument because you treat him like a point guard, and a point guard inherently has more impact on the game in today's NBA than a center does. In a top not, ten centers list, you're labeling Jokic as okay, so like you're, you're giving that, him this extra value, which he is. I'm not unique. treating him as a center. I, I'm not treating him as a point guard. I'm treating him as a center. But I'm saying that he is a he is a center who, like you said, inherently has more value on the game because the ball is in his hands more than it's in Joel Embiid's. And I think that's unfair you just, to judge who who a player you just, is. Okay, you just said that a point guard inherently has more value in, t- in today's in, game because they because, touch the ball more. Because they touch the ball more. So can't you say that Nikola Jokic touches the ball more than Joel Embiid? Not only because he averages seven and a half assists, but also because he plays eighty-two games. So if he t- touches the ball more, then based on what you just said, what in you you just said in a game he in is game. inherently more impactful on the game because he just that's in, i'm literally just going off what you said in a Nicole, game so in so, a game so why 48 minutes nicole Jokic is inherently more impactful than joel Embiid, based on what you just said impactful as in on the offense inherently more impactful than joel Embiid. you just said that a point guard is inherently more impactful a, because a, a point, point guard handles the ball more than a center that's joel nicole Jokic. why, why do you Nicola think, Jokic why do you think every, inherently why do you think every first grader than, in the country wants to be a point guard nicole Jokic inherently handles the ball more than everybody else on this list that therefore, doesn't make him by better. your definition that doesn't make him better therefore, therefore by your definition he, he is inherently more impactful and my def, my part of my definition for this the def, definition that i'm going with because one of the biggest things for me is that when you make a list, it better be consistent. If you're going to put somebody over somebody else, it better be for the same reason that you put somebody else over somebody else. In this case, my whole reason has been impact has been impact on wins, impact on offense and defense. And you just said that jo- that Nikola Jokic is inherently more impactful than Joel Embiid. On offense, just based off of his position. Okay. Because of how they use him. If I'm talking about who is a better I, player, that's, that's my argument. I'm, if I'm talking about who is a better player, but I think part just, of would you not agree that part of being a better player is your impact? Like that, that is sort of like y- yes. That's kind of the definition of being a good player is how impactful you are on your team. I would argue in terms of skill. I understand Nicole Jokic is one of the skilled players in the league. I would argue Joel Embiid can get you 27 a night. Because yeah. he is the best post player I think that, in the I think game. That, I think that Cole Yogis can do that too. But the thing is that he doesn't, he doesn't need to do that to win games because he's found an other way to win games. And so he just chooses not to. He has not shown that. He has not shown so, that. Dude. And I understand that. But he has shown in that playoff series that he averaged 25 points per game. And I hate, I hate to go back to that so much because it's a pretty small sample size. But at the same time, he pro he he proved in that moment when Jamal Murray wasn't stepping up, when nobody was hitting shots on that team, when Gary Harris was out, that he could come in and in order to win the still win the team games, his offensive impact shifted to more points, and he still kept those assist numbers up. He just took over an even greater role in the offense, and so I think that Nicole has already proven that he's capable of averaging twenty five points per game if he so if he so chooses. Also, one last thing I want to talk about. Yeah, defense. Yeah, Joel okay. Embiid. This has, is where I have no counter argument. Yeah. That, okay, Joel I Embiid. Don't. In terms, in terms of impact. Mm-hmm. Going yeah, back to I, impact. I have, no, I have no argument that Joel yes. Embiid is a better. Okay, so I guess more. I'm speaking to the camera here. Yeah. Is that Joel Embiid, top three rim protector slash big man defender in the league? You have him impacting the game. The reason why people don't want to go by Tobias Harris or Ben Simmons is because they don't want to meet Joel Embiid at the rim. He's yep. somewhat versatile in that he can kind of guard pick, the pick and roll. 
He can kind of guard the pick and roll. He, That's he, true about Jokic too. Probably not as not, well. De- but. Definitely not as well. You can also say elite shot blocker. He was all the mm-hmm. defense. I forget what he was, but he he's, he's like the, 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 the this year and last year and the year before he was a defensive player of the year candidate. And I think that really matters, especially if we're talking about point guards have more impact on the game on offense centers have more impact on the game on defense because they're always next to the rim whereas if you're on the wing and the ball just doesn't go to your side you have no impact on that play mm-hmm. you can force a wing player not to get the ball but the center every time someone drives the center is going to be there so every time someone drives on the 76ers Joel Embiid is stepping up and making a defensive impact I agree with that I agree with that I I think that Joel Embiid I can't argue with you that Joel Embiid's defensive impact when he's on the court isn't greater than Nikola Jokic's but going back to the health thing like part of the reason that I made that argument about the health is that 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 defensive impact that you said made that you're talking about with Joel Embiid just isn't there for a quarter of the season and in the playoffs there's a chance it's not there because he's got a random stomach issue because he's got like randomly like his back hurts like if you can't trust your best player to be there in the playoffs, to be there in the biggest moments because he's got random health problems. While his impact might be greater when it's on when he's on the court, if you can't trust him to be on the court at all times in the biggest moments, like then you then you can't rely on that impact in the same way that Nikola Jokic's impact has been proven to be reliable the past season and in, in, in last season, and it will be proven to be reliable again this season. And I fundamentally disagree with that because I think that we're talking about a player's on-court ability. I, we've gone through this enough times. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just don't understand like how how you can just totally disinclude because we're talking about a player and but, how he but, plays. How but, he plays. How he plays includes. Whether he's on the court or not, how he plays, you would you no, would you doesn't. not would no, you not agree? Not. Would you no, not agree that in order okay. for you to play well, you have to be on the court? No, and it, I, <laughs> yeah, I, you, I, in order for you to play well, you have to be on the court. And if you're not on the court, then you can't play well. So how can you play what? In this situation, we're not talking about like minutes, and we're talking and we're yeah. not talking about we're not talking about games played. But to it, be if to, someone, to be the if best someone, in the league, we're talking about everything. Okay. We are talking about everything. Okay. Everything counts. Anthony Davis. Yeah. The, the Pelicans sat him out because he requested a trade. Mm-hmm. He did not play that many games last year. Are but you we, holding that against him? I'm not holding that against him, but it's not because he is injury prone. While he is injury prone, his impact has been proven in games other than that. We have not seen Joel Embiid's for a full season. The only thing that we've been that, it, that is proven about Joel Embiid's health is that you can't trust it. That, I'm, I'm dead serious, right? Like, the only thing that's been proven about Joel Embiid's health is that you can't trust it, Right. And so his impact while he's on the court, totally proven. Same thing can be said about Nikola Jokic. But you, so so Anthony Davis has already been in the past, not including last season, like the season before. He he was he's based off of that and expecting him to be the same player this season. He was the best center in the NBA, and he will be the best center in the NBA. That's why we both have him at number one. Yes. We're expecting him to be be the best center in, in the NBA, to be the most talented, to be the most impactful, to be the be best at what. To be the best at what? Offense, defense, everything. You did not mention health. But we're talking. This is the best right, player. You're, right you're right that I didn't mention health, but the presumption is that he will be healthy for him to have that offensive and defensive impact. That health is when just ra- when ranking players. That presumption has to be there. But but for Anthony Davis, that that 
you can make that presumption where you can't for Joel Embiid. You can you could always make the presumption that Anthony Davis is going to be healthy because more likely he's going to be healthy than it's than than for him not to be healthy. Whereas I don't even know if that's true, but I don't think it matters. I don't. Anthony don't Davis isn't the best example because he is a little bit injury prone. But Joel Embiid, the only thing that's been proven about his health is that he consistently misses twenty games and per I'm, season. I just keep and I, that in all likelihood next season he will miss just, another twenty. I, games. I don't care. I just I don't care when we're talking about just, best players in the league. I kind I of I kind of get what you're coming from. But well, like, do you penalize Kawhi Leonard if we even do a best so, small forward even, list? For for being, but he's not injury prone. Like we can trust that Kawhi Le- and Kawhi Leonard career, didn't win MVP last year because of games played. He's not going to win MVP but at the MVP same this time, year because of games played. His impact wasn't hurt by, like his impact was proven, and that he played every game in the playoffs and he carried them to the championship. So he pro he proved his impact there. And when he was on the court, which given like he missed twenty games, like when he was it on was, the court, when, when he was when off, he was on the I court, I should say I would say when he was off the court, it wasn't for reasons like. Like, he was injured for a little bit. He missed, like, 10 games because of injury. He also missed, like, 10-plus game, 10-15 games because of load management. So, like, there's a difference between you not being trustworthy and, like, being reliable in terms of your impact because of... load management is essentially the same thing as injury. If, if, but, like, but, but are they you going to devalue LeBron James? But they rested him in games that they thought that he could win and that he didn't need to prove his impact because it was a game that you were just expected him to win, right? Like So, so you're saying that... The fact that he didn't play doesn't matter because we know how good he is. That is exactly what I'm saying on this list. The fact that Joel Embiid misses 20 games a year doesn't matter because we're ranking, we're we're, we're factoring I'm, what I'm, he does when he plays. You make a good point, which is that I'm I'm saying that to some extent, but I'm not totally saying that the fact that he didn't play doesn't matter because he didn't win MVP, and I don't think he deserved to win MVP because he didn't play those games. So because. By like by definition, his impact in the regular season wasn't all that great because he missed twenty plus and games. I'm right? saying, I'm saying so a, best, Embiid, a best players list is different than an MVP list. That's why LeBron doesn't win every year. Yeah, I mean that's what that's yes, yeah that's, that's my true. point. That's my point. But there's a fundamental the same, difference. At the same time, like, is the entire world not penalizing LeBron right now for missing most of last season? And is <laughs> has LeBron not plummeted on the on the best players in the NBA list? For, I for, really think that's no, Bleacher Report looking for views, <laughs> but, but <laughs> like for genuinely. everybody. But that's not that's not just for Bleacher Report. If you look at most people's like it, like most publications top like ten players, like LeBron is gonna be like five because they've all of a sudden they've got James Harden, Giannis, like Steph Curry, Anthony, all like rising, and so people are making the assumption that based off of like LeBron missing half the season that he's gotten so much worse because his impact wasn't proven last season. So next season has to be a bounce back year for LeBron James where he's going to have to prove his impact in order to rise back up on those player rankings. I'm saying that the same thing is true for Joel Embiid. That because he missed a lot of time, now given it wasn't as much time as LeBron James, when LeBron James was in the court, we know that he was still the same player because he was averaging 27 points per game. He was putting up the same numbers that Joel Embiid was. I feel like that's just what matters. Just what's on the court. So, so and, how can you wait, say... Dude, we've been arguing about this for 30 minutes. I know, I know. But it's just and like... we fundamentally disagree. I and just, we both have presented our arguments as best as we can. All right. I mean, that's the best we can do in a podcast episode. That is it? the freaking best we can do on a podcast episode. <laughs> we both have Anthony Davis number one. Yes. So, so let's t- run through our list one more time. One, Anthony Davis. Two, Joel Embiid. Three, Nicole Jokic. 
barely below at number <laughs> four, up. Carl Anthony Towns, <laughs> five, Rudy Gobert, six, Al Horford, seven, Andre Drummond, eight, Nikola Vucevic, nine, Miles Turner, ten, Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah. Shout out Brooke Lopez for being my number 11. One, Anthony Davis, two, Nikola Jokic, three, Joel Embiid, four, Carl Anthony Towns, five, Rudy Gobert, six, Al Horford, seven, Nikola Vucevic, eight, Andre Drummond, nine, Marcus Saul, ten, Clint Capella. We had a very different list. We did. I think that speaks to, like, <laughs> the changing role of centers in the NBA because we had guys on this list that all they do is catch and dunk on the offensive end, like Rudy Gobert. And then we had guys Capella. who all we talked about is their offensive impact, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so it's like, especially with the center position where, like, defense is valued more, mm-hmm. it's like, they're, like, what is your scale? And we talked a lot about this, like, what is your scale? Yeah. Because... I guess everyone has a different one. I, I think that I value generally health and wins, and like yeah. health and wins leading to impact more than you did. Also, but maybe I just have the stigma against Nikola Jokic because I had the Nuggets at six in the West. <laughs> That's true. Like, I kind of stuck, stuck with my. Yeah, at least I'm consistent. I'm gonna say, yeah. All right. Yeah. I respect it. Um, yeah. My or, shout out of the video will be. Well, um, well thank shout you. Out, <laughs> shout out to Kelly Oubre Jr. for making Dwight Howard fall off this list chill <laughs> thank you thank you so much for listening to this episode of space the floor nba podcast we hope you enjoyed if you're listening on youtube like or subscribe if you're listening on apple podcast uh leave a rating we really appreciate it and thanks for watching uh, thank you follow our instagram at space the floor podcast and on twitter at space the floor and thanks for watching my name is connor Geelan. and i'm connor flannery and see you next time peace shout out